Okay, if I could get folks to please find your seat. I would appreciate it. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> Make sure my phone is off so Ryan doesn't call me while I'm talking because he likes to be like that. Um, so I'm going to start off just kind of having a little bit of conversation with everybody. Um, I'm actually going to try teaching down here today. I'm going to keep this on. As far as I can tell, the sound sounds fine. People can hear me okay. So I think we're solid there. And any of you guys who have been around for a little while know I like to kind of like move around when I'm talking. And being up here with all the different things and gear, it, like I feel, I feel restricted from moving around. So this way I can kind of move around a little bit. Um, some of you guys may have seen they're going to be making some kind of an announcement at 11 o'clock um, kind of regarding our state, just to give you guys an idea. Um, just two weeks ago, we were like at about 30 to 40 new cases per day. On Friday, we went over 132 um, new cases for just Friday. So that's kind of, and that's not just happening in Yakima, that's like statewide. And so we believe in prayer. We believe in Jesus. We believe God can heal and that he can help control um, disease and pandemic and sickness and all of that. And so I feel like if we can, instead of like wringing our hands and freaking out and, and having stress about it, I mean, there's going to be a certain amount, right? That's just real. Um, but if we can pray and we can give that to God, as we were praying this morning before service, um, we were just praying a lot about, you know, Lord, you're our strong shelter. We rest under the shadow of your wing. You're our fortress. You're our rock. You know, God is all of these things where we can just rely on him and trust him and put our faith and our hope in him. And so my, my prayer and hope this morning is that we can do that and we can give these things to him. So I'd like to spend just a couple minutes praying for our state and praying for what's um, kind of, and not just our state, but our nation as well, and just kind of this upswell of um, people getting, you know, significantly sick and things that are going on. So let's just spend a few moments and let's, um, let's ask for God to, to stretch his hand out. Holy Spirit, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Father God, we need you. Would you meet us? Lord, would you... Hmm. God's stopping me in this moment. He reminded me um, there was a small group of us this summer, I mean like just a handful of us, that were meeting at the top of the terraces at Franklin Park. And we were praying for God to kind of bring an end to 
COVID and bring an end to the pandemic and, and specifically over the Yakima Valley. And as we were doing that, and this was, Shauna, you were there, it was May, maybe, June? Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, but as we were praying one of these times, I, I got this picture, and it was of Jesus. And Jesus was, he started at West Valley, kind of in the foothills. And I saw this picture of him walking, and it was weird because he was in like this long white robe, but it was almost like, I remember my beautiful wife on our wedding day, she had this big long trail. We got married at St. Paul's Cathedral. And like this thing, Lord, it was like 20 feet long. Or something. I don't know. It was ridiculous. She's shaking her head. No, it seemed like it was really long. Anyway, um, I had this picture of Jesus, and he was wearing this white robe. And as he was walking from West Valley, and I saw him walking across the valley over into East Valley, and his robe was like spread out behind him as he was walking. And I saw all these people reaching out their hands to touch his robe. And God reminded me of that scripture where the woman who had the issue of blood, Jesus was walking by in the crowd, and she reached out and touched his robe and was healed. And I felt like Jesus wanted to bring healing to our valley. And just as I was praying, as we were praying this morning, God reminded me of that from like five months ago or whenever that was. Um, and so I wanted to just listen to the Holy Spirit, right? We're people who believe in Jesus, and we're people who believe that the Holy Spirit and God speaks to us. So I want us to stop. I wanted to share that picture that I had with you. And I would like for us to pray into that, that people would start reaching out to Jesus and asking him for healing for our valley. So Lord God, all of us here in this room, everyone who's watching from home, Lord God, Lord, we join together, Jesus. Lord God, would you stretch out your mighty hand? Lord, would you walk, Lord God, through our valley? Lord, just like I had in that picture from West Valley to East Valley, Lord God, would you walk through our valley, Lord God, and bring your healing? Lord, would you heal us? Would you restore health to our valley in the name of Jesus Christ? Lord, we ask for your protection over our valley, Lord God. Lord, we speak blessing. Lord, we speak blessing into the Yakima Valley, Lord Jesus. Lord, would you release your blessing? Would you release your healing, God? Lord, would people be able to rejoice in the name of Jesus, knowing that you brought healing to our valley, God? Lord, we claim that for us, Jesus. Lord, we claim your healing. In the name of Jesus, we claim your healing, God. Lord, we profess that we know you are the healer. Lord, Scripture says, by the, by the punishment that you endured, our healing comes through that, God, both spiritual and physical. And so, Lord, we lay claim to that promise, Jesus. Heal our valley, God. Heal our valley in, in every respect, Jesus.
We thank you, Lord, for who you are. And Lord, no matter what our exterior situation looks like, no matter what's going on in our world, Lord Jesus, you are King, you are Lord, you are God over all, that your kingdom has come, your will will be done, Lord God. And we lay hold to that, Jesus, to your promises, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So my, my encouragement to all of you is, would you pray? Would you join with me in praying for our valley, in praying for our nation, and for God's healing to come? Um, one other thing I wanted, I, I put a few things that I wanted to touch on. Um, we're going to be doing Cat. My amazing friend Cat posted a video on the Friends of Vineyard and on the Vineyard page um, talking about how we're going to be making meals for Rod's house. There's a number of young people who are homeless, who don't have anywhere to be. Um, and Rod's house has been doing an amazing job of caring for them. And we want to support what God's doing there. And so our youth group is going to get together, and they're going to make a bunch of meals, and they're going to freeze those meals, and then they can pull them out and use them when they need them. And so we also thought, how cool would it be to be able to involve our congregation? And so if you want to pick up some snacks, like I don't know what popped in my head was um, at Costco. Ryan, um, 25, could you pull it down just a little bit? I'm kind of resonant. Thank you. It's not your fault because I said it, so I'll own it. Um, I'm just, I know, that's what I'm saying. Um, the um, big boxes of like the chips, you know, and it's like the big variety boxes of chips, um, you know, uh, granola bars, um, just different things where it's individually packaged that they could give to their um, young people who come and visit. Um, if you guys would want to start dropping those off, and I think, were we going to use the coffee bar? Yeah. Um, so we're going to have a little place up in the coffee bar where you can drop this stuff off. And so when we go to take the meals, we would also like to take them some fun snacks and some things to enjoy too. So if you guys would kind of be thinking about that, praying about that, um, two weeks, one week. That happened really fast. That happened really fast. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So in a week. Okay. You sure? Cat's also offering to pick up snacks. So if you're not able to, to bring them here or get them to the church or into the coffee bar. All right. Can you wave your hand? Just for everybody here probably knows you, but Cat <laughs> over here, my amazing friend Cat. Um, so this is just something the youth group is doing to reach out to our community um, to serve other young people who um, don't have a home and don't have families, especially during this time, and just loving on them and caring for them. So I would love for us to, to fully support that. Um, getting into the message this morning. It's kind of interesting with the news that popped up you know, yesterday, how this was already planned like a month ago, these teachings. And we're talking about the discipline of celebration. The discipline 
of celebration. Now, if you think about the Apostle Paul sitting in prison, Paul was locked down. Paul felt like he was literally in prison. Some people, when stuff locks down, feel like they're in prison, right? And you, you feel that, like, I can't do the things I want to do. I can't be with the people I want to be with. I can't do my life like normal. Paul was literally in prison. And he engaged in the discipline of celebrating anyway. Paul engaged in the discipline of giving God praise and giving God worship and having joy. And that's why it's a discipline. That's why it's something that, that we have to have the discipline to celebrate. And that sounds like it's really funny, kind of strange. Like, like, like who has to make you party? Or who has to make you have fun? <laughs> but when you're feeling that pressure, when you're feeling that weight... You don't feel like celebrating. You don't feel like having joy. You don't feel like being joyful or, or enjoying yourself. It's oftentimes so much easier to just kind of sit in the darkness and wallow, right? I know I've been there. So discipline being a celebration, or celebration being a discipline. I'm going to show a video. It's one of my favorite groups ever. Um, they're called the Ren Collective. This is a video about celebration. Um, and so I'm just going to play this without commentary here. And hopefully it's going to all work the way it's supposed to. We don't need any virtual home staging. I remember a few years ago sitting watching the sunrise. It was a typical misty Irish morning, and there was a magical stillness in the air. Something happened that day that I didn't see coming. You see, I've grown up in church. I've been surrounded by the fact that Jesus loves me since I was born. But that day, something new flooded my soul. My eyes were opened, and I was totally overwhelmed by the reality of God. That I was not alone, lost in life. That that I was not condemned, but that I was free. And I don't know what happened, but this uncontrollable urge took over me. I jumped to my feet and started sprinting through the fields like a wild man, laughing and crying with pure joy. That was my first taste of the art of celebration. Since that day, I've learned that life has a way of draining that childlike wonder from us. Whether it's through our own failures or disappointments, whether it's suffering or betrayal, or even just familiarity, that's why we put up our defenses, isn't it? That's why we become numb. We pull back from life and become spectators because we're afraid of being hurt again. But the good news is, Jesus is always doing a new thing. He's not finished with us yet. We may doubt. We may feel like we are broken beyond repair. But he is the peace in our troubled sea. 
He is the healer of the brokenhearted. Recently, we made a theological breakthrough as a community, and it has changed everything about our approach. We realized that seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit, but joy is. You see, there's an irrepressible laughter in the heart of God, and the whole universe cannot contain it. He is the one who invented celebrations and feasting and holidays. He is the one who sings and dances over us. When he suffered the cross, he did it for the joy set before him. And that joy was knowing that you and I would be fully free, no longer captive to our sin. Yes, the whole human story is described in terms of a celebration, the marriage of Christ to his bride, the church. Our God is the ultimate artist of celebration, the inventor of the party, and the healer of the broken. Now, happiness is not the same thing as joy. Happiness is an emotion, a superficial response to pleasant circumstances. But joy is deeper. It's a spiritual discipline. We as people are much more inclined towards negativity and cynicism. We don't find it easy or even natural to pursue joy. And that's why God in his word actually commands us to celebrate. We must wrestle for our blessing. We must fight for our joy. How do we then remind ourselves as a wounded church family that we still have a reason to sing? How do we move from the edges and fringes of the party into the center? That's kind of the main crux of it, but this, I love that uh, what he said was that seriousness is not a fruit of the spirit, but joy is. <laughs> I, lo I love that statement. And God did invent the party. God did invent salvation. It says in scripture that every time someone comes and gives themselves to Jesus, that there's a giant party in heaven. So having parties, celebrating is a command of God. You are called to have a good time. You are called to joy. You are called to celebrate. Now, it doesn't always look the same, right? Celebration changes. Things change. Our situations change. Our experiences change. Sometimes we lose people. And it makes it hard. Sometimes we have a global pandemic going on. 
and the Thanksgiving get together. We so I want to tell a short little thing for us. We two years ago had a plan for all of my wife's family and my family to come together for our house for Christmas this year and have a big gathering and celebration. And then afterwards, we were going to go up and stay at Whistling Jack's for three days in the cabins and just have three days of sledding and hanging out together and playing board games and food and, and all the things, right? Like we planned this two years ago. As you can probably guess, that's not happening. But I can still choose to celebrate. God is still good. God still loves me. Jesus is still on the throne. I still have many things that I can celebrate. I have a wife and a son in my home who love me. We have food on our table. We have jobs. There are things to celebrate. There are things to be grateful for and to be joyful about and to celebrate. Is it exactly the way I planned? No. How many things in your life go exactly the way you planned? None, at least for me. Nothing has ever gone exactly the way I planned. And I can celebrate anyway. The spiritual discipline of celebration leads us into a perpetual joy in the Spirit. It's something that's deep in your heart and deep in your soul and that you walk with and that you live in and that the Holy Spirit encourages. We rejoice in this goodness and this greatness of God. It's a heart attitude. It's not about our circumstances. Paul was in prison singing praises to God. You might be stuck in your house for a little while. Sing praises to God. I'm not talking about the fake smiles and pretending everything's awesome when the world's crashing down. That's not what I'm saying. It's, but it's this heart attitude of, God, you are good and you never change. Not this. <laughs> for those of you who maybe can't see this online, one lady's asking another lady, this lady has a sword through her neck, like literally. And the other one's like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. <laughs> no, no problems there. How many times have you done that in church? Right, somebody comes up to you, hey, how are you doing? Like, literally like your dog died yesterday. I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's okay. <laughs> There's no problem. Right, it's just not, that's not what, that's not what we're talking about. We're called to bear one another's burdens. It's okay to, to struggle. It's okay to have sorrow. It's okay to wrestle with things. And we can have joy. I'm going to cough, excuse me. Stay talking a lot, cough, by the way. I just feel like I need to specify what kind of cough that was. Uh, <laughs> this is why celebration is referred to as a discipline. Because sometimes we have to get out of our current mindset and difficulties and celebrate God's goodness anyway, no matter what our current circumstances look like. That's my encouragement on celebration this morning. Celebrate in spite of. Celebrate because. If you're wrestling with having things to celebrate about, Here's my encouragement to you this morning, and I felt like this was from the Lord. If you're really struggling with disappointment because 
of the things that you're not going to get to do because of kind of what's going on in the world with health-wise. Here's my encouragement. And I, like I said, I truly feel like this is from the Holy Spirit. I want you to sit down. I want you to take a piece of paper. I want you to take a pen. And I want you to start writing down all of the things you have grateful to be grateful for. And I want you to start writing down all the things that God has done for you. And I want you to start remembering all of the goodness that God has poured on you and the gifts that he's given you and the ways in he's blessed you. And I want you to look at that list and tell me that you don't have a reason to celebrate. Because you, I promise you, God will bring things to your mind, the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and you will find things to celebrate. I promise you this. Jumping into worship. Worship, the discipline of worship. Worship is our human response to God's greatness. And I'm going to be reading this morning out of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. The train of his robe filled the temple, and above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole of the earth is filled with His glory. And the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. No smoke machine required. The temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Sound familiar to anybody else? does to me. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. How amazing would this be? This explosion of supernatural sound and color and image and energy. I mean, who wouldn't fall to the ground, right, in the face of this amazing divine glory like how would you not worship being confronted with the glory of god like this and each time we enter into a time of worship here at church we should be seeking the face of god we should be prepared to be confronted with that same kind of awesomeness in worship, to look God face to face and be awed by Him and His glory and His power and His majesty. We should be looking for His Spirit to fall on us and change us forever. That can happen here, this morning, today, to you. God can change you forever. If you can truly worship Him, if you can truly open yourself to God's goodness and amazingness and His divinity. However, most of us, you know, we kind of have to admit, right? That's not our normal Sunday morning experience when we come to church, right? That's not typical for us. 
Maybe the drums are too loud. I heard that one two weeks ago, by the way, as I was running sound. Uh, maybe the drums are too loud. The person next to us is singing off key. They're not singing our new favorite song that we heard on K-Love. How dare they? Ryan. And we have to fight sometimes to stay awake during the sermon. Because you just, like, lose our attention, Dusty. Why aren't you being more interesting? That happens, right? It's happened to me. I've been the one sitting there where that has happened to. I'm not dissing on anybody. I've been there. Maybe on a given Sunday you didn't care for the worship. Who cares if you didn't like the worship? It's not for you. It's not your worship. We're not worshiping you. So who cares if you don't like it? Our worship is for Him. And for Him alone. That is where our focus should be directed. And not on the person sitting next to us or on stage. I promise you, if you're sitting somewhere near me, I will probably be singing loudly because I have a big voice and I don't sing well. I just, you know, I couldn't carry a tune if someone like put it in a container for me. I just, I just don't. I just don't have that thing. But I'm going to praise God anyway. And I don't care what you think. Like, it just doesn't matter that much to me. The greatest worship leaders the greatest worship leaders, are nearly invisible and serve only as a conduit to connect you with your Savior, Jesus. He who is worthy of all praise and all honor and all glory. That doesn't mean that our worship teams don't strive for excellence. They do strive for excellence. But they're doing that to give glory to God, not for your entertainment. They're not here for your entertainment. I am not here for your entertainment. The reason we are here on any given Sunday, serving you and serving God, is because we want God's kingdom to advance. We want people to know about the goodness and the glory of Jesus Christ. We want the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to go out to all people. And so we're going to do whatever we can and whatever that takes to make that happen. But it's not to entertain you. Sorry if that's what you're missing. If you want to be entertained, my suggestion would be to go to a Foo Fighters concert. Because I've been to one. And Dave Grohl in person is amazing. He's like incredible. I mean, there was this one point in the concert where everyone else went off stage and we were back changing. And Dave Grohl sat in the middle of the stage with just him and his guitar and played this incredible tune, and like there were 10,000 people in Key Arena, and you could hear a pin drop, because he was just that good. But if you want to praise Jesus, who's the one who's truly worthy of our glory, and our honor, and our praise, head to church. Go to any given church on a Sunday morning. Collectively raise your voice in worship to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. Colossians 3, 15 through 16. Paul encourages the Colossians in his letter to them. Paul's telling the church at Colossae this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts 
since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and psalms and hymns and psalm, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Can you hear that message, church? Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Scripture encourages us to gather together to sing psalms and hymns and sing to the Lord and give Him our praise and give Him our worship and give Him our glory with gratitude no matter your situation, no matter what you might be disappointed about, no matter what may be happening in the world around you, you and God can get face to face. And, and the holy place of God that Isaiah talked about when, when he was before God's throne, that, that throne of God, you can put yourself in front of the throne of God and see God's glory and see God's amazingness and have him touch you and be forever changed. And my encouragement for you is this. On Sunday mornings when you come, or if you're watching online, make it a space. Don't just be casual about it. Approach it with intent to experience and to know God, to hear His words, both through Scripture or through prophecy or someone speaking. Listen for His voice. Listen for His words and fully engage in giving him worship and praise because he's worthy of it and he deserves it from us. If I could have the worship team come up, please. I'm going to say a quick prayer before we go into worship. Lord Jesus, would you, would you fix our eyes on you? Holy Spirit, would you guide us and would you direct us? Lord, would you cause your face to shine upon us, God? Um, I'm thinking of that scripture in Psalms. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he give you peace. Lord, would you shine your face upon us this morning that we could see your glory that we could see your presence, God. That we could see your holiness, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, we're looking for you this morning. We're looking for you in worship this morning that we can give you our praise. We're looking for you so that we can hand you our worship. Um, I got this picture as I was praying it was just really, it was a cool picture. Um, uh, when Cormac was little, he liked to give out the gifts that were under the tree um, and like hand them to people. And I, uh, as I was praying, I had this picture of my, my son when he was little. He's like me now. Um, of this gift. And it was, uh, I felt like God was saying that we can give a gift to God. We can hand this present to God that is our worship and our praise and adoration. Um, so if I could get everybody to please stand. And I really want you this morning, would you be intentional 
Keep your eyes on God. Let these guys fade away. Allow them to lead you. But with your intent, your focus being on Christ this morning.